0: Hi and welcome back to What Kind of Internet Do You Want? I'm Devin James and today we're going to start to explore the Live Peer Protocol. I know I promised you a video on mining our weave, but we have something planned for that that'll take a couple of weeks to get out, so today we're diving into the fascinating world of video transcoding and format switching. We'll discuss why it's essential and how it impacts you, the viewer, and me, the content creator. <laughs> So why does video transcoding and format switching matter? Well, to put it simply, the internet is a diverse place. We have different devices with varying screen sizes and bandwidth rates, and to ensure that everyone gets the best video experience, we need to have multiple video formats. Video transcoding, however, can be really resource intensive and costly which is why the Live Peer protocol is so crucial. But before we talk about that, let's start with the basics. A lot of people who watch video online have never had to deal with digital video files themselves. So let me briefly break down some of the numbers involved for some context. We shoot these videos on a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera, which captures raw footage at a massive file size and high data rate. So first, let's understand the resolution. In this case, the resolution is 4K which means there are 3,840 horizontal pixels and 2,160 vertical pixels in each frame. This results in a total of 8,294,400 pixels in each frame. Next, we need to consider the bitrate of these pixels. In other words, how many bits of data does it take to store one pixel? In this example, the camera records with a 16-bit linear color depth. This means that each pixel in the frame has 16 bits of data dedicated to it. As a side note, for those nerds anxious to correct me, it does actually capture in 12-bit log, but this becomes 16-bit linear in editing software. There's a lot of other interesting nerdery surrounding the subject of raw media with depths higher than 8-bit and how it allows for more aggressive and interesting-looking color correction, but that is all way outside the scope of this video. Now, let's calculate the data rate for one frame. Since there are about 8.3 million pixels in each frame, and each pixel has 16 bits of data, we can multiply these two numbers together to find the total data rate for a single frame. So, 8 and change million pixels times 16 bits per pixel equals almost 133 million bits. Lastly, we need to account for the number of frames per second of video. In this case, the camera records at 24 frames per second. To find the data rate per second, we multiply the data rate for one frame times the number of frames per second. So that would be about 132 million bits per frame times 24 frames per second, equaling about 3.1 billion bits per second. So when shooting a video with the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K, the raw footage has a data rate of about 3 gigabits per second. There is basically no way to store data at that rate that isn't super expensive. So the camera has codecs installed on it that let it store media at lower rates. A codec is a hardware or software based process that compresses and decompresses, i.e. codec, large amounts of data. Essentially, to make it more manageable for capturing video, editing it and then sharing it online, we use video compression. Video compression is the process of reducing the size of a video file without significantly affecting its quality. Decompression, on the other hand, is the process of restoring the compressed video file to its original form for playback. There are various video codecs available, like H.264 and ProRes, each with their own pros and cons. These codecs help balance the trade-off between compression processing, video quality, and file size. Like many other things, this is an example where there are three relevant factors involved and you can select two to prioritize by reducing the third. So when I'm shooting a video, I don't have much available processing time to compress it since it's being captured in real time, and I want to ensure that the image quality is nice and high, which means the trade-off is that I end up with a large file size. For the codec we use to shoot these videos, ProRes 422, that means capturing the video files to a disk at a rate of about 475 megabits, which is still quite large, but it's only about 15% of the raw footage data rate, a reduction of about 85%. Okay, so let me pause there. I know I just threw a lot of numbers at you, but the only one that really matters to understand this concept is that last one. With only a tiny bit of loss to image quality, the camera uses a codec that can eliminate 85% of the data that's being captured, basically in real time before it stores it. So the next step, our video editor Demi, hi Demi, brings these files into her editing software and works all of her magic, chopping it up, adding graphic overlays and applying color correction to make it look really nice. And then she exports a file out that is at an even smaller data rate. So let's look at that triangle again. She, of course, wants to maintain that high image quality and she needs to upload her outputs to YouTube and other platforms at a reasonable speed. So she needs the files to be more tightly compressed, but she doesn't need the output to happen in real time And her computer has a stronger processor than my camera, so that's where the trade-off happens. She gets high image quality and a, a bit smaller file size in exchange for more processing time. On average, her outputs have a data rate of about 65 megabits per second. Compared to the compressed footage that was captured, this is another reduction of about 90%. So we went from 3 gigabits per second of raw data to 475 megabits per second of captured media to 65 megabits per second of edited media. Again, that was a lot of numbers, but the major takeaway is that it's a total reduction of 98% while still maintaining mostly the same exact image quality. And yet, despite all of that, the standard outputs from editing software are still too large for most people to be able to watch them over the web, which is why when it's uploaded to YouTube, it undergoes another round of compression to optimize it for online playback. YouTube, a company owned by Alphabet, i.e. Google, has uh, one might say a fairly significant amount of processors in their server farms. And they want to ensure that the video their users watch has good image quality, but also that those videos start playing instantly. So a low data rate is really important to them. So by using way more processing power, they can get a really nice quality 4k video down to about five megabits per second. From our original raw data, this is a total reduction of 99.85%. But believe it or not, even that is going to be too large for some devices. As I mentioned at the top, we have different devices from mobile phones to desktop monitors, and each has its own screen size and aspect ratio. For example, a video that looks great on a 4K monitor might not play smoothly on a mobile device with a slower internet connection. And a video that would play well on that mobile device would look pretty terrible on a 4K monitor. So this is where bandwidth rates come into play. The speed of your internet connection dictates the quality of the video you can watch without waiting for buffering to happen. For instance, a user with a fast connection can enjoy a 4K video with minimal buffering, while someone with a slow connection might have to settle for a lower quality 720p video To avoid constant interruptions. So to accommodate all these variations, online video platforms need the ability to do video transcoding and format switching. Video transcoding is the process of converting a video file from one format, like 4K, to another, like 720p. This is necessary for several reasons, such as supporting different devices, improving video quality, or reducing file size. Format switching is the process of dynamically selecting the best video format based on the viewer's device and internet connection. So as you can imagine, YouTube and other web video platforms spend a lot of money to transcode and format switch videos in a way that appears relatively seamless to end users. These processes are resource-intensive and can be quite costly. But what if I told you there's a way to reduce these costs significantly? That's where Livepeer comes in. LivePeer is a video transcoding and format switching protocol that performs the necessary work at a fraction of the cost that centralized solutions charge. In fact, while MUX Video charges $2.40 per hour transcoded, and Amazon Web Services, or AWS, charges $1.20 per hour transcoded, the LivePeer network costs only $0.30 per hour transcoded. This substantial cost reduction is made possible by utilizing a decentralized network which we'll dive into in more detail in our next video. So make sure you're subscribed because that one's gonna be all about how Livepeer works and how it can revolutionize the way we transcode and stream video online. You won't wanna miss it. You can find me on Twitter at Devon R. James and Web3 Working Group on all socials at Web3WG. If you enjoyed this video, please give it a like and share it with your friends. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you in the next video.